Hey guys. Welcome back. This is the Heart and Hustle podcast. I am Charisma O'Keefe. I'm Angelica Yard. And we record weekly, even though the world is on fire. (laughs) Basically. But separately. (laughs) Yes, weekly, but separately, which is funny because we're probably like about a 10 minute drive apart. But yeah. We have not seen each other in a hot minute now, nor have I seen anyone except for my face and John's face. And the puffers. And my dog. Yeah. Yeah. She's great. I love her. So if you are just checking us out for the first time, make sure that you go over to Instagram and give us a follow at Heart and Hustle Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Heart Hustle Pod, and you can follow us on Facebook at Heart and Hustle Podcast, and use the hashtag Boss So Hard everywhere to show us what you're up to, what you're doing to get through this madness, just like cool stuff you're doing with your business, creative things you're doing, or anything that you just want us to see and comment on. So definitely use that hashtag. We love checking out what you guys are doing. All right, we are going to do a quick round because we have a guest and we don't want to talk too much in the beginning because, you know, our guest interviews are where it's at. But we're just doing a quick uh, current stuck at home obsessions. It's by Sweet Daddy Designs. It's an Instagram template, but I don't do them. So I'm going to make myself do them <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> I'm like, I don't do them. Charisma creates a bunch of templates i love doing templates yeah so if you're into that definitely follow me at charisma o'keefe and fill out all the templates and tag me so i can see all your answers because i absolutely love that but i like i try to like save the ones that are created by women of color like black women specifically to shout them out so sweet daddy designs is a, a black designer and she's really good at her job and so i was like oh this is really quick and easy that we can do for the show as an intro if we don't want to continue to talk about the end of the world Right. So, <laughs> uh, current stuck at home obsessions TV show. So obsessions, like there's a show that I watched that I did not like, and it's that whatever that new dating show is on Netflix. Not Love Is Blind, but the one that's like newer than that. And I, I, I cannot for the life of me remember the name of it, but I know that like in the UK, they're obsessed with the show like Love Island. And so I saw this and I was like, wow, it looks like it's like a kind of similar premise to Love Island. Yeah, too hot to handle? Is that the one? Yes, I think that's the one. Yeah. And so I watch, I've only seen like full disclosure, I've only seen one ups, or one season of Love Island, which is the 2009 season or 2019 season. I decided to watch it after I watched Love is Blind. And I was like, why do I like this? This is weird. I never knew about this side of myself because I've, I've never watched The Bachelor. Like, I've just never been into any of that stuff. And so I loved Love is Blind. And my friend was like, you should watch the 2019 Love Island. And she normally has good taste in TV. So I was like, all right, let me do it. John and I both watched it. Loved it. Great season. And so we were like, let's check this out. Like, you know, it was, you know, whatever. Like, we were working on some other things. We're like, oh, we'll kind of put it on in the background and see how it is. It was terrible. Oh, my (laughs) gosh. So, like, the difference is, like, Love Island is, like, just people in the UK. And it's not just, like, centered around, like, getting it on. Like, that's not the whole point of the show. You know what I mean? Like, it's more just, like, singles that are, like, hanging out in a beach house. And, like, yes, of course, some people, like, couple up and, and that sort of thing and whatever. But it's not, like, just all about that. Like, there's a lot of friendship. And, and honestly, the best parts of that show are the friendships. But, like, this show is just gross. Like, I don't know. It's just really, like, and the people on it, everyone's like, hi, I'm the hottest person in the world. Like, and people are just, like, really proud of not being smart. Like, there's several girls on there that are like, I'm really dumb. 
And I'm just like, what am I watching? There's actually a girl from Florida on there, of course. Of course there is. And she's like the <laughs> worst. Yeah, she's the worst one. And like, you could technically, I guess you can win money. Like you can win $100,000. But every time you hook up with somebody, like you lose money. So she was like doing it just to piss the other people off. Just so that they like lose money. So she'll like kiss somebody and lose three grand just to be like, ha ha, you guys lost three grand. The show is a mess. I'm I was just like, like <laughs> no. So I think we watched like two episodes and we were like, nah, this this is not it. This is not it. So I would definitely just not recommend watching it unless you lo- like, if you're really into reality TV, I think, and you love watching a train wreck, then I guess it could be your thing. But to me, I think it was one of the worst things I've watched in recent history. Honestly, I cannot think of something else I've watched that's that bad. But on like a more positive note, I re like John has not kept up with Good Girls, so we rewatched it from the beginning. Um, so I like season three is on now on Hulu, and I missed the first few episodes of that, so unfortunately I can't watch season three right now. But we watched season one and two, and it was like my second time doing them, and it was just as good the second time. I think Good Girls is like a great like distracting show right now that's like not too serious but like serious enough that it's like fun and it does like touch on some like issues that are important and there's just like a lot of women empowerment in it which i love so it has three great um women leads so that's that would be my recommendation don't watch the other show don't watch it um my recommendation is miss america it's on hulu yes it's uzo it's all the women that i like it's rose Byrne. yes gloria steinem and friends I yes. stand her. I stand Rose Byrne anyway. Brian, I don't know how to pronounce her name, but I like I stand her anyway. But her as Gloria Steinem is truly like she needs an Emmy for this. this it's like really, a master's class in acting. The whole situation, really the whole is. thing. The cinematography yeah. is great. The writing is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, just watch it. So that's my my current TV obsession. I wish there were more episodes. Like I'm so excited to like just watch it, and it just cleanses my spirit. So. I also want to give an honorable mention to something that I haven't even watched, which is Little Fires Everywhere, because it looks amazing. I've watched it. It's amazing. Also, Yeah, I haven't finished it yet. Yeah, I haven't finished it yet, but yeah, so far, good. And the rest of it looks amazing. So I'm like, definitely that one too. Stuck at home TV podcast. Um, So like the read is just always good. Like it always just like hits the spot, I guess. Um. I don't know, like, it's just, they like, they can touch on issues that are, like, going on in the world, but not make it seem like the end of the world, you know what I'm saying? And I really like that, because it's, like, they don't, they never ignore what's going on, but, I don't know, they just give it to you in a way that you're just, like, you just can handle it, you laugh, whatever. So, definitely the read, like, uh, it's just, it is. talking about the whistle at the 7 o'clock, clapping. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's just, it's, like, I, I feel like it's it's definitely the reason like everyone says the read all the time right and it, and it makes every list but I think it's actually one of the podcasts that makes every list that deserves to you know what I mean like I right. don't think it's overhyped I think it's that good. Um, my recommendation well and the one that I'm finding funny like laugh out loud funny right now is um, best friends with Shazir Shashio Zamata and Nicole Byer. Yeah, which I already talked about why won't you date me on this podcast before? This yeah. Before existed but this last episode where they talked about showering and they polled people in their office and the fact that white people still don't wash your legs and it literally <laughs> <laughs> it's just, 
<laughs> if you don't do anything else, just listen to that previous episode. It's not this week's, but I think it's last week's, and where they're talking to the staff, like the other recording producers, and then they get some people from the office, and they're like, "Do you wash the bottom of your feet?" And then they're like, "No." <laughs> it's just, she just loses her mind. She's like, "What are you doing? You gotta wash the bottom of your feet." It's very funny. So that's my like LOL. And then like side note, also I. Um, Goodness, I love the Unofficial Expert podcast as well. That's another, like, two Black women who are amazing in comedy um, podcasts. But Sydney has been doing sit-at-home on Sundays, like, cooking quarantine, The ho- one of the hosts. And she cannot cook. So it's very funny. She's <laughs> like, all these people. And if you're into comedy, you're into the comedy scene. You know, like, UCB, you know all these people, like, Mateo Lane, et cetera, et cetera. So they, she'll, like, be on live, and then her comedian friends pop in and, like, roast her for, like, 10 minutes about how she's cooking or telling her what to do. It's very funny. It's like that's the amazing. laugh that I needed. So that's my other like side note. If you haven't listened to the Unofficial Expert podcast, go ahead and listen to it. I love so that. Oh my God. Obsession. Um, a book obsession. So I'm just reading all the books to be quite honest. I posted like, like a little bit of a roundup on Instagram the other day. Um, of just like what I'm currently reading. But yeah, I'm reading all the things and I'm loving all the things. Um, I'm currently reading The Two Lives of Lydia Bird by Josie Silver. And she wrote um, one day in December that everybody was like obsessed with and reading like last year. Um, And then I'm also reading like pretty much all the books by Rick Reardon. Uh, because they're just like easy, quick, little, like happy escape. So it's like, why not? And then I'm also reading Beach Read by Emily Henry. I know I'm reading like lots of books at once. And that's like weird for some people. But I just I, I kind of always do that. Like I just like to have different books going at the same time. Keep your options open. Um, I am going to be reading Parable of the Sower by Octavia Butler. Yeah. It's the Zora. Um, if you've not l- looked at Zora, it's like a new media website or whatever but um it's it's for women it's i think it's by melissa perry i think Ugh. gotta look it up anyway um yeah so they're reading parable of the silver right now obviously i wasn't on time so i just saved it for myself and i will be reading that soon and octavia butler is an amazing author so i didn't have any yeah about to read this book i was like okay this is good this is a good get me back into reading book Music. What is your quarantine? Huh. I mean, TikTok songs. Does that count? <laughs> Everybody's been saying they've been listening. There's like Spotify playlists of TikTok TikTok songs, and I'm like, ah. Because I get like the world. I get them stuck in my head for like from when I'm watching TikToks, and then I'll be like, oh my god, like I need to like hear that song, but I won't know what the song is. So then I'll like look it up, and so yeah, definitely some TikTok songs. Like not gonna lie, but other than that, I mean, like honestly, what's getting me out of bed is like Lizzo. Like I, I'm, I'm not done with my Lizzo obsession. I'll never be done with my Lizzo obsession. And the days that are just like, oh, I don't feel like dealing with anything. It's just like. You know, I'm not gonna say, I'll, I'll, I, I'm not gonna say it out loud because it'll play it. My, my system will play it. But that's like how I wake up is I'll be like, system, play Lizzo on Spotify, and it'll just immediately do it. And I just hear, it and it's like, okay, great, I can, I can get through the day. Um, I do love the music jar idea that I think originated on the Beautiful Mess blog, and a lot of other people have done it since then, where you kind of pick like a different artist a week to listen, like just kind of like. Not that you can not only listen to that artist, but you just listen to a ton of that artist 
for the week and it challenges you to, you know, listen to different artists. And I thought about doing that this year, but I don't know with everything going on. I'm just like, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I have the time. Also, I'm obsessed with um, Kelly Rowland's new song and yes. the oh. music video. Oh my gosh. I've literally just sat and like watched it five times in a row one time. Kelly gave us, she gave us the nourishment that we needed. I know. I was just like, I I can't like, the visuals from the video are, so oh my gosh, like it is just visually stunning. Like I, I can't get over it. So yeah, I could just, I, I could listen to it all day and repeat for sure. I was definitely there with everybody for both Teddy Riley versus Baby <laughs> Yeah. Battles. So I definitely... <laughs> have been backing up to some new Jack Swing uh, thanks to Teddy Riley and his it's so funny because Teddy Riley is a Libra and Babyface is an Aries and David and I have been making like jokes because that's our pairing so we've been yeah. like Teddy Riley of this relationship um, so yeah they have a Spotify playlist I mean, their official playlist is actually on Tidal but people have obviously recreated it and put it on Spotify thank you people <laughs> Um, and then I've also been listening to obviously the new um, Childish Gambino that came out on repeat. Little Dragon new album on repeat, and then Cleo Soul C L E O S O L is like my mood music. She's amazing. Definitely for the rainy days that we've had has been so good. So just having those three albums on like repeat during our like nice moody music, mo- moody days. Have yeah. Been so good. Those are my three like big music re- recommendations. But if you want to take a TPT like tomorrow, go back and listen to the Teddy Riley versus Babyface uh, playlist that is all over the internet. And I'm assuming um, it goes without saying that during the day when I work, I listen to the Harry Potter soundtrack. Like I think we all know that by now. We are, um, we are very much in tune. But there's also on YouTube you can pull up the Common Room. Um, like whichever common room you prefer, and it'll play like uh, fireplace crackling plus Harry Potter music, which is what John and I have been listening to this week while we work. So he's welcome. He's welcome. (laughs) I'm a chill hop person. I just like chill hop with the seasons. I've been listening to chill hop spring. It's my instrumental. Instrumental. So I love it. On YouTube, everybody knows little girl with her headphones studying in that cat. Yeah, basically what chill hop is. So. Go check that out. So YouTube channel, what have you been watching on YouTube? Um, I don't really feel like I've been watching a lot on YouTube, if I'm being quite honest. Um, I, you know, I, I kind of like will always watch like, say like Amber Burns videos and, and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, not, not really watching a ton as far as like videos in general go. Um, Tabitha Brown, who is like the vegan, yes, yeah, like Tabitha Brown. I watch all her videos, like, and to make food and stuff like that. Um, and it's funny, like my friend sent me her stuff a while back, and my friend's not a vegan, but she was like, "Oh, I think you would like this lady because she's like, you know, I love, I get down with some meat, but like, she has me thinking like I could actually be a vegan." Uh, and this is a girl who like lives in Tennessee and like loves barbecue and all that stuff. So I was like, okay, let me check it out. And I, I obviously absolutely adored her. Like, why would you not? So those are like the videos that I've been watching. Um, I, I watch YouTube probably more than actual TV just because I like 
documentaries and this is a way I can get like short snippets of learning new things while not subscribing or not paying too much attention. So obviously Vox has been killing it, even though they keep laying people off for some reason. <laughs> but their YouTube channel has been killing it in terms of coronavirus protection, like coverage in terms of like not being overly like scary or whatever, but just showing like the one of the latest videos is what face masks actually do. So they show you like a video of what it looks like to cough in your hand, cough without in your elbow. What does regular breathing look like? And you can see the particles in the air. So that's something that I recommend people watching. Um, I was gonna say, can we put that in the show notes because I'm trying we to will. watch it. Great, thank yes. you. Because that sounds. Mm-hmm. I need that in my life. Um, I always watch Great Big Story. It's very. It's they're like five minute videos, and you probably seen them on Facebook about like just some random amazing things that happen. But the narrators are so great. They've had celebrity collaborations, and they've been pumping out a lot of content as well. Um. And I just, I like their videos anyway. So those are two things that I think I would recommend right off the bat because I just watch a lot of random news, science stuff. Oh, that makes me think. Okay, there are two things I have been watching on there that I haven't thought about. Some good news um, with like John Krasinski. I've been watching that on YouTube. And then the other thing, it's, I don't know the name of it and I don't want to ask John at the moment, but it's like a history thing. I'll give you the name later so we can put it in the show notes, but He's been using it. John is a history teacher, so he and he teaches three different grade levels. So he's been using it to supplement um, in his classroom. And it's this. I watched like a few of them, and I, like the one that I, you know, found to be the most interesting was they had one on slavery. But yeah, it's like anyone could watch it. You don't have to be like a kid or in school, and it will literally tell you like the actual American history as opposed to like the BS type of thing. And John is always that teacher that like encourages kids to be like forget the textbook. This is the truth. Like that's like what he wants is like, just like a whole bunch of little like revolutionists in his class. So yeah, it, it was really interesting and done like in a just like easy way, like not hard to follow and just really like good information. So I'll definitely get you like the name of what it is. Cause I cannot remember for the life of me, but he, he was like, he was very stoked and he was like, you got to watch these videos that I'm like uploading for my kids to watch or like linking for my kids to watch. And he was like very excited about it. So I watched through a few of those. These will be in the show notes. We are uh, cutting our little quiz short because we have an interview. But if you want to do the rest, obviously, I'm going to put a link uh, to Sweet Daddy Designs. She's amazing. I'm going to fill it out. out. Yes. Uh, listen, to the, listen to the rest of the interview. We're very excited for our guests. And we hope you guys are staying safe indoors and wearing masks and washing your hands and vitamin C and drinking water and all those good things. And sunlight if you have it. Yes, get some vitamin D, open all your windows, get some fresh air, and we will be back next week. Hey guys, so today on the podcast, we have Samantha Obrakta of Some Call Me Adventurous. I'm so excited that we're having her on today. She's someone that I've wanted to talk to for ages. Um, so Sam, for any of our listeners who aren't already familiar with your work, I know a lot of them already are, but just let us know what you do. Wow. Okay. So I guess I do a lot. Yes, you do. That's why I just said, I, I originally wrote out the episode and I was like, I'm going to list all the things. And then I was like, no, there's a lot of things. I'm going to let her tell us. Where to start? Um, I guess uh, you could say overall, I'm like a creative digital content creator. Um, so I do writing, photography, design, um, just anything that you can do with a computer, uh, like filmmaking and editing. Um, and then my other side of my life is uh, very much theater related. So I do 
um, acting and comedy and singing and um, playwriting as well. Um, and that's kind of like my two main things, um, I would say, that make up my life. I love it. That's exciting. And that's definitely like a lot, even though it's like technically two areas, but you could do pretty much everything in both areas. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's hard, yeah, when people are like, what do you do? I'm like, well, it's, yeah, there's too much stuff to say. So I'm like, you can just go to my website. <laughs> same, same energy in 2020, girl, same. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my God. So you fell in love with travel at an early age, despite not traveling very often, which I feel like for me, that's the same thing. Like I really, I was three years old and I was like, oh, I gotta go to city. And my family was like, we go, we live in Atlanta. Like we go to city outside. And I was like, no, 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 the city, the New York city. <laughs> um, so now you're a frequent traveler, a visible woman of color and ambassador. What does this role in life mean to you? And why is it important for women of color to be able to showcase themselves traveling around the world? Representation is so important. And like, that's one of, my big sort of goals in life is to not only um, be the representation I didn't get to see growing up, but also helping to like promote that even outside myself um, by also like giving space for other people to also have a chance to do that as well on bigger platforms. Um, and yeah, cause I didn't really see myself um, tr like traveling. Cause I was, I mean, the only thing that really got me interested in traveling in the first place was because I grew up watching like Jane Austen mm -hmm. books and Harry Potter and stuff so I fell in love with like the UK really early um but like all of that is very like white representation of I guess what the UK can be um but then also just like watching travel shows and stuff it's still usually like a white guy going out and showing us the world um and I just felt that it's very important for me to like actually take pictures places because when I first started traveling I wasn't really taking a lot of photos of myself um in places um and I, I it was only like maybe four or five years ago that I was like actually I should probably like be in these photos as well just because um I can I mean because I'm as a photographer I like being behind the camera a lot so it, it didn't really hit me that I should also be in front of the camera if I want to show that people of color are actually out there traveling and doing stuff. But um, I think a lot of younger people need to see representation to feel for themselves that they can also go out and do it. And I guess I was lucky growing up in like the nineties, at least with like media that there were a lot of like TV shows yes. with like, um, like black people. Um, <laughs> and, uh, cause I, I was adopted, um, by my grandparents who are white. So I just didn't get to see black people in real life at all ever. Um, so TV was kind of my only way of actually seeing that. So at least I was lucky in getting to see that, um, which helped me, but in travel, yeah, there wasn't really anything. So um, in in my adult life, like representation has been something I'm very focused on trying to promote and keep in the front of my mind as I travel and make sure I'm, I'm a good, uh, I guess, ambassador while I'm out in the world um, also, because unfortunately a lot of countries still have some like biases especially against black people. So um, I try to be on my best behavior, whatever that means, um, and make sure I'm also like showing people where I go that I'm not um, 
trying to, I guess, do anything that like might be considered um, rude or whatever, because there are some travelers who yeah. love doing that kind of stuff. I feel like that's like the America, like you're a good ambassador for America, because Americans yeah. abroad are just yeah. known as so being the worst. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. I feel like I also did, have not seen like a lot of um, women of color, especially black women travelers, up until like a few years ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like now, obviously, there's so many more, but. And, and that's the thing is like, like you said, like you were traveling before, but you weren't thinking like, oh, I should put myself in the photos. And I'm sure a lot of people felt the same way. Um, I know for me, like one of the people that I met first that was like a big time traveler is um, Bobby, who we've had on the podcast before. And she lives in Bristol now, but she's from Miami. And I was just in awe of her. I was just like, wow, you've been to like all of these different countries. You've been everywhere. Like you're my hero. And it really just like made me remember like I can leave the country. Like I can go places. So that representation is so important. And also like I think it's so important to kind of get feedback like from somebody that looks like you as to what their experience was when they were in a particular Mm -hmm. country. Because I'll have white friends that are like, yeah, I went here and it was great and I loved it. And it's like, okay, but when I went, it was a different situation. So Mm -hmm. I need to know from that perspective, like where I'm going to be safe traveling and that sort of thing. And unfortunately, like there's not, like there's travel groups, obviously, but I feel like the ones that are for everyone, when you do ask a question like that, and I'm not going to name the travel group, but mm-hmm. if you are, if you're, if you're, we all know. But if you ask a question, you'll be like, hey, I'm going to this place, and you know, I'm black, and like, this is what my complexion's like, and like, I'm a little bit worried about this place. And all the white people are like, no, it's fine. I've never seen any racism there. And I'm like, then why would you even see racism? My mother's white and she barely sees racism. Like, it just, it just doesn't happen in front of her. Like, the white people that say things to my brothers and I, they don't do that when my mom is there. They wait till she leaves. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's crazy. But, yeah, it's so necessary, like, what you do and being so visible in these spaces. And, like, I love that you're – like, there's just nowhere that you seem – like, you go everywhere. <laughs> and I love that. Like, you've literally been everywhere, which is awesome. Yeah, I, I just, I feel like I'm kind of a rebel in that, like, because my, when I grew up, my parents were just like, no, we're not going anywhere ever, um, mostly because they were older, like, they, they already had, like, lived their life, um, they didn't expect to take in their grandkids, um, so they were kind of like, we're retired and we don't want to go anywhere, um, and I was like, well, I'm gonna go everywhere then, because you guys didn't let me do anything, so this is my time as an adult to like make choices for myself and yeah things happen so you've done improv you've done a web series you've done stage acting like you've done so many different things do you have a create like a favorite creative medium um that you've done so far that you want to do and do you have like a dream project that falls into any of those mediums yeah i um i am a musical theater kid um i love musicals so much um especially funny ones i mean there's some i mean most musicals are funny but there's some sad ones too um yeah <laughs> i i wrote a, a musical last year um which was my first time actually like writing sheet music and everything um which i was like so surprised at myself for actually doing that because i had always wanted to but didn't think i could but um i just like hustled and made it happen and it's um it's like a comedic satirical musical about like uh black actors filming a slave movie um oh that's a good <laughs> yeah 
So, and, like, about how, like, they kind of just, like, um, that's, like, because like, I remember when I was a kid being, like, well, I, I can't wait till I <laughs> grow up and, like, I'm an actor and I can audition for a slave movie because that's, like, all there is for black people to do, um, which is, like, such a sad uh, sort of reality for a lot of black actors. Um, so I thought I would take that subject and kind of play with it and um, see how I can... I guess have these characters realize that there's more parts for them to play than just this. Um, and I would love to put that show up within the next uh, year or two, hopefully. Um, that would be the dream because I've always, I, I don't know, I, I, since I do a lot of different things in the theater world, like it'd be cool to like direct it and be in it and like produce it and put it up and just like, follow through with a whole project get your Lin-Manuel on basically yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm in love with that plot that's like it's it's such like I've never seen it before which is you know that's always rare but at the same time like it makes 100% sense and I'm like oh why hadn't this been, been done before because it's perfect yeah also, yeah I, I'm like so excited to do it I, I, I feel like when I tell white people what the plot is they're like what <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I get it because it's just also like just from the like consumer side of things, like you're just like, okay, yeah, I get it. Like another movie about slavery, but like, can I watch a movie that's not about that? Like, can I see some black joy? Like, can I see some yep. other things? So yeah, that definitely like hits close to home. I think that that would be just amazing. Um, I've not heard you sing before yet. Is there yeah, like a video I, that I can go to and, and watch that? <laughs> I'm trying to think. I might have a video on my, like, backstage account, um, which is, like, an actor's resume. Yeah. I, um, there might be a video on there. I'm, I actually, um, I bought a mic recently um, and had it sent to my house because right now I'm still quarantining in Seattle um, before I go home. But I was actually going to start, like, filming some like singing videos um, in the next month, just because, yeah, I don't. So. I think the world needs that right now. We're going <laughs> yes, to please. <laughs> Give us <laughs> the sounds. Movie. I can do that. I'm just saying. I'm not to put you on the spot, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. Okay, good to know. I, I will definitely make sure that happens now. <laughs> yeah. I can like already just talking to you. I can tell you can sing. I'm like, if anybody is listening to this interview and they can hear just your speaking voice is melodic. So I'm like, she got some, yeah, she got some notes. Oh, very much alto. Well, yeah. even more so like contralto. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm a, I'm a first soprano. Ooh. So, yeah. Very different ranges there. <laughs> <laughs> like uh growing up in choir like you know obviously we'd be split into our different sections and there'd always be like that one song that has that one note that's like ridiculous and they'd mm -hmm. pick like two of us to sing that note because it's just like made up nonsense it's so high and i was always like one of those people that would sing that note that was my thing it's just like nice. very 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 high notes <laughs> i'm sure that that's how i got through uh chorus because i'm a terrible sight reader if my 
teachers listening, he'll be like, yep, she's so bad. I don't, I don't understand how I was in an advanced choir, but here we are. <laughs> I feel like we just went like Dr. Maddie Moss Clark on these poor people. So I'm going to bring it back, <laughs> come back down. Um, so you have been working remotely for quite some time as you travel a lot. We work remotely and we are, I don't think our guests want to hear us talk about it anymore. So what are some tips that you have for those who are working at home suddenly for the first time due to the pandemic? Well, unfortunately, one of my first tips would be like, get out of your house and go like work in a cafe. But obviously people can't do that right now, um, unfortunately. Um, So I guess setting up a space in your home that feels very separate and distinct as like a workspace um because it's very easy to just like want to sit in bed all day which is definitely what I do a lot of the time um, when working from home um but it does actually it's well it's better for like your back also to just like sit at a chair um at a desk and um just like making a little like it, it would be as if you are at your office and maybe some people like have pictures and stuff um around them but yeah just like have a space that feels like it's your office um just like I-, I think if you can afford it or you just happen to have one lying around like putting a dual screen setup is pretty nice it can help you like actually organize things out um and uh, I mean some people are like just like no distractions at all but I think it's totally okay to like have like Netflix on in the background and stuff as long as like what you're doing doesn't need intense focus but I think just like while you are making it an office space for yourself I think you can still have fun with it because that's the whole point of working from home is that you do get the benefits of like being able to like watch tv while you're working or go take a nap whenever you need to um but yeah I I mean I (laughs) I think working from home can be great you just have to like really make sure you are ready for it because it can be such a big culture shock um to just yeah stay home all the time and um not have someone like watching over you but i think it's actually pretty good that people right now are getting a chance to work from home because um i know a lot of people do want to work remotely but a lot of remote companies won't hire people unless they've had remote experience Mm -hmm. before so now a lot of people will have that experience which will be helpful for them if they want to continue working from home later on yeah, and a lot of companies now see that remote work because they've been forced into it. That it's actually better so in some cases for yeah. the team yeah. to have the ability to work from home at least once a, a week. Like I feel like every day, at least once day a week, every company should be allowing their employees to work from home because it's just a reset for the track, like the road. Like there's less traffic, etc. We've seen the benefits of this. So I think going forward, hopefully in the future, companies do know or at least allow their employees to have the option to work from home a if they're sick because i don't understand why you have to take sick time if you're not too sick to not work you should still be able to work from home like it's always been my biggest like pet peeve about having Mm -hmm. to go into an office is that you if you're not sick enough to like not work you still have to take that time away and not get paid or use vacation time on pto to stay at home and stare at the things that you could be using to work so Totally. I These tips are amazing. And I really do hope that now everyone has had this experience that they can A, get a job they can work remotely from so that they can travel in the future or B, companies now allow that option are a little bit more flexible for people to be able to work from home. Yeah, I, I, I will add to that, though, that like the, the unfortunate thing about 
working from home though is that once you start doing that people especially companies assume that like oh you can just like work all the time even when you yeah. are sick or you are on a like vacation where you're 12 hours ahead true so to just set some boundaries on that because that's something that's been hard for me is like being like hey i'm actually sick today and i can't work or i like don't want to um because you feel almost guilty that you are being given this chance to work from home where you should be able to just like do work even if you're like very sick or if you're traveling um and I, I think if you're traveling and it's maybe like a few hours time difference, I think working still is like probably good as if you, especially if you want to save up your vacation days for a bigger trip. But like, yeah, some trips like do you like really have to be off the grid and get to enjoy them. But some companies just want you to keep working no matter what. Cause they're like, well, you can, you can work from anywhere. Right. That's what you told us. You're like, I'm in the Amazon. I can't work from here. Yeah. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> I'm really hoping that my husband, who's a teacher, ends up with a remote position after this because he's loving working from home and he's thought about like teaching remote before. And obviously, I think it's one of those things like if you teach elementary school, I'm sure that it's a nightmare right now. Like I can't even imagine. But for a middle school teacher, it's fantastic because you have all of the learning and like none of the sass that middle school kids give you and all the drama and stuff. So <laughs> he's like loving it. He's like, this is great. Like sign me up. I love to do this forever. So now, it'll, like you said, it will be great that he'll be able to apply having said, like, yes, I have experience, like, teaching from home, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So switching gears, you've lived abroad three times. I'm very jealous because I, too, would like to leave the United States of America. <laughs> so <laughs> how did you make that happen, and what was your greatest lesson from your time abroad? Yeah, so all three times I've lived abroad have been technically studying abroad, Um and the first time I went, which was my junior year of college, um, I just, I've known since I was really young, I wanted to study abroad. So I was determined to make it happen. Um, and like a year in advance, I was like prepping for it. And um, my parents are, they don't like that I like to travel. So they've never been <laughs> like super supportive of that they're not like ever going to tell me, no, you can't go, but they're still like, uh, okay. So most study abroad programs were like really expensive. Um, but thankfully my school had an option where you could like basically kind of trade with a student from another school and like still pay the tuition, um, and like room and board that you already were paying at your school in America. And thankfully, cause I had financial aid, it ended up being like extremely inexpensive um, so when I um, got accepted into that program, I was super hyped to um, go, but it was my first time going like out of the country, first of all, and that far away. So it was difficult for like the three, four months I was there. Um, That's a crazy trip for your first trip out of the country. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean like in, it, was, it's, it was a small town in England. Um, so like obviously in England, they speak English. So I like didn't think it would be that much of a culture shock, but like actually England is, there's a lot of like things that are just slightly weird, yeah. not weird, but like different, different over yeah. there. That like, I like, it like was such a weird culture shock. Like I remember trying to order pizza once and like th- their postcodes over there are like so different from ours. Yes, like, each, yes. Like, block has a different postcode. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to like know your, like, in like, that block it knows like what apartment you are based on like your postcard and I was living in like these dorms that were like 
technically a different postcode than the address they had because they were owned by the school or so it was so weird so i remember like crying one night because i tried to order pizza and like the guy couldn't find the flat and this was like before like apps where they can like right. track your delivery yeah. and show you where they are and stuff so i don't know where i am <laughs> yeah so it was very like stressful and um just like little things like that so it was difficult but i remember like still loving being over there so much that like i was like i have to go back so a few years later i um i went back for a creative writing program and that was different because it was like an actual like i had to get like a visa this time and um like do my own financial aid because i wasn't like a dependent of my parents anymore and all this stuff and that was a very difficult process um but i made it happen again <laughs> so i went over um in 2014 um and that was a great year too that's when i started my blog um and started like chronicling my um time in a more professional way because i'd always blogged before but it wasn't like it was more just like for my own yeah. memories, but this was like when I first started blogging for an audience, I guess. Um, and then unfortunately I like was dealing with a lot of personal issues that year. So I left, um, and moved to New York, um, like before the program was over. Um, and I tried to finish it from New York, but I got a job, so it was difficult. So I ended up um, dropping the program um, and I felt like I had unfinished business there for like the past five years so I decided to go back this year and it took a lot of convincing on my partner's part um, but uh, we you know we made it happen again and this time it was a lot easier because I'd done it before yeah um, the whole process um, but I just yeah I love living I love being an expat it's like I don't know it for me like doing new and interesting things like makes me thrive so just being over there and um just being able to like i mean i've lived in london before but like still like there's so much of london i haven't gotten to explore yet um so london it, is massive and it's like new york city and the fact that like i feel like you never finish exploring it you know yeah it's just like there's i have like a map with like all the places that i've been wanting to go and i still like never had enough time to get to everything but um but yeah this time around I wanted to go back to school for theater um just to like have that be a bigger part of my life again um and yeah it was great because I got to like see a lot of theater while I was there and do this program and just like get to yeah be in my favorite city in the world and I would love like the dream would be to live over there indefinitely but um it's very difficult to get a work visa, and I feel like now it's going to be even more Oh, my word. Let's not talk about it. that's the story of my life, too. Like, when, like, I've always known I would love the UK, and, like, I think part of it, obviously part of it is because I grew up reading and watching Harry Potter and being obsessed, um, and just all things, like, British, but also my, like, my next-door neighbor growing up um, was from England. Um, So, yeah, so I just, like, I've always enjoyed that culture, and we went, I was, like, I'm in love what I really, like, was surprised to find out is that, like, the place that I want to live the most is actually Edinburgh, Scotland. Like, yeah, Edinburgh's amazing. Just, yeah, like, I, like, I went thinking, like, knowing that I would love London, like, obviously, and we had, like, some other day trips planned, like, Bath and some other places, and I loved everywhere I went, but, like, Edinburgh was the place that I was just like, I belong here, I want to stay here. 
how do I like stay here forever? But yeah, it is incredibly difficult now. I'm like still shocked and in awe that you got like a visa for your partner and that whole process, like I don't even understand. <laughs> like that was very, very, very impressive. Was that hard to do? Oh, very difficult because when you take a partner over, um, <laughs> I get to go because as a student, I get financial aid. And as long as your school vouches for you that you're getting financial aid, it like it um, basically voids the part of the process that says you have to have like independent income or whatever. Yeah, like cause yeah. normally you have to show that you can pay the entire amount for school, like even before you go. Plus, you have to have money on top of that for living expenses. But if you get financial aid, which the U.S. actually does financial aid for U.K. schools, which is really awesome. Um, but for my partner, he is like an add-on basically. And for that, I had to save up $10,000 to like have in my bank account for like three months before even applying for the visa just to show that I had that money there for him. He didn't get any of it. I immediately paid <laughs> off my credit card bills with it once the visa was approved. But yeah, like you have to have that money to show that they could be taken care of while they're there, even though they're allowed to work. I was actually jealous of him. He could work full time, whatever job he wanted. I couldn't work. I could only work part time. I did not realize that like he was allowed to work. That's that's yep. awesome. Yeah, wow. he was working at um, museums while we were there, and he could, like, yeah, work as much as he wanted to do any kind of job, but, like, for students, it's so restrictive. You can't do any sort of freelancing. You can only work up to 20 hours a week. You can, like, only do certain kind of, like, temporary jobs. You can't do anything that's, like, more um, professional and permanent. So, yeah, it was, like, I, so I was getting excited for, like, as of September, I was going to be able to work full-time wherever I wanted as well, but now I'm not there, so I can't do that, so. Yeah. <laughs> but he was, like, I was very jealous of him. I was, like, you are the, like, I would want to be where you are, like, right now. I want to, like, work in London and have, like, a real job. Whenever I meet someone that lives here that they, like, are able to work and live in the UK, I'm just, like, why are you here? Like, why right. am I looking at you right now? And it's crazy. I can't believe how many people I actually do know that could do that. And I'm just like, you're stupid. Like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> you do not see the things going on that I see. Not that it's perfect over there, because it's definitely not. But I feel like they're connected to a lot of other places. It's easier to escape, you know? Yep. And yep. In America, we're just stuck here by ourselves. Like, <laughs> That's like, come on, guys, which hopefully... They won't. They're Canada's like, get out of here. We don't want to see you. They're <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, that all that time. Now look who's laughing. Oh, man. I, I can't blame them. <laughs> well, thanks for sharing that tip because I think people think about living abroad and they think it's so easy to do so. And they kind of almost... Uh, trivialize, trivialize the effort and the work that people have to put into putting in that effort to go live abroad. Like it's not just get on a plane and decide to stay there. It's not the forties and the fifties anymore. Like we just can't go places and decide we live there now. Like there's government and rules and processes and visas and et cetera, et cetera. So I like that you shared that backhand knowledge or experience that most people don't get to see. And you do this on your blog, obviously anyway, but for those who don't understand that it's not just pick up your things and decide to move across the, the world. Like you can't do that. Um, so switching gears a little bit and um you have been very open about your mental health and about struggling with anxiety and depression and what are some steps you have taken especially right now since we're like beat up i feel like every day with just like <laughs> bad news uh to take control of your mental health and what are some things that people at home can kind of 
at least try to do on their own without having to put in, you know, spend a ton of money or try to figure out how they can get in touch with a therapist or like, how can they get in touch with a therapist? What are some things that you've done that have helped you? Yeah. I mean, when I was first starting kind of like my journey to get back to a better place mentally, um, someone told me something that changed everything for me. They were like, you can do all the like baths with bath bombs and like essential oils that you want but at the end of the day like you have to get your mind right you really have to like see a therapist um or a doctor about um the issues you're going through um and that is what pushed me to search for a therapist last year um and i found i i mean for me i wanted a a a black woman therapist um personally because i i didn't want to have to like explain things right Mm-hmm. Um, to, to a white person about um, certain things in my life and there was like a website I found that was like um, like people of color therapists in Washington state so that's how I ended up finding mine and she was awesome and I worked with her all last summer um, and she helped me so much I haven't seen her since I moved to London but um, just like getting my mind right that last summer helped me prepare for like going off and like being able to work on myself after that. Um, But if people right now need like a therapist, obviously it's difficult because of um, not being able to go see someone. And I don't really think the, um, those like apps for therapy are very good. I tried one um, like two years ago and I feel like it didn't really help because you're only really, most of them you can only like text them once a day. Yeah. For like to talk to them and then they like text you back. But that's like, all you really get from them um because I remember like trying to like or in like one of them I you could do like voice messages once and I remember I like sent like a t- like 15 minute voice message once and she was like um because of like the rules of the app I'm only allowed to like listen to 10 minutes of those 15 minutes oh um, my word that. it was very weird um so like it's I don't think they work super well um unfortunately Um, so yeah, I, I don't know, like right now for me, like I've been testing different times of day to take my antidepressant to see if that helps me feel better. Like at first I was taking it in the morning and I would get like very tired and like sleepy and just feel not good at all. So I started taking it at night instead. And that's actually helped me a lot, um, feel better during the day. So I don't know. I think like right now is a good time to like test different things for each individual person and see what kind of works for them, whether they're on antidepressants or not, or just like what um, little things you can change in your day to day to see if it makes a difference. Um, And I'm at the end of the day, I still think like doing, taking baths and like having a diffuser with like, like a, a scent you really like are important things to have because when you like have a place that feels comfortable you will feel more comfortable um so like right now I'm still quarantining so I don't have everything I would want but once I get home I'm gonna like get my diffuser out and like make my room feel like very comfortable and just like a good happy space that I feel good in um because that's yeah really all we can do right now and like just talking to friends is obviously super helpful like and everyone's going through stuff right now so I think it's just a good like when you are talking to friends it's like yeah complain about maybe how you feel but also remind each other that like everyone's going through this right now and um like 
because I had one friend who was like really upset because normally she's super um, like positive all the time and she even got into a dark space and I reminded her that like you're still the same person you were before quarantine it's just you, you're that part of you's gone into hibernation mode right now to like deal with all of this but like that part of you's still there you just have to like find a way to coax it out of you again um and she said that really helped her so I I, th I think we just have to remember that like we're the same people no matter what this quarantine is doing to us um we just have to like like if that part of you needs to go away for a little while to kind of reset that's totally fine um but it's in there you're still the same person um and hopefully when this is all over you, like like we'll just yeah we'll all open up and have like better feelings yeah but also if you have mental health issues it's like no matter what you're probably gonna feel <laughs> bad yeah. um so it's like everyone's different I think like for me like the stuff that worked for me is obviously gonna, gonna be different for other people but supplements definitely help <laughs> taking like vitamin d and all that stuff and going on walks is like great um just like little things um that just make you feel like a person um are what I feel is good to um keep doing that was a long answer for that no that was perfect I, I completely agree. Like a lot of people think they have to do like a big thing, but sometimes it's like, it's a little tweak. Like, okay, do you take this medicine? Is it safe for you to take it at a different time of day? Try that and it can make such a big difference. I know this sounds really weird, but for me, I shower at a different time a day now. Um, <laughs> I used to like wake up and shower first thing in the morning to just like help like get me going and whatever. But like now I find that like, it's not so like I, I can even to my day pretty decently like I normally wake up and like do some quiet yoga and like read a little bit and then I start my day but like around like 2 3 p.m. I'm just like over everything and I'm just like I don't want to make dinner I don't want to like answer any more emails like I just want to be like done but if I take a shower during that time of day then like I all of a sudden I'm in like such a better mood and I can mm -hmm. like do like you know do whatever I need to do for the rest of the day so it's like very weird because it's just a strange time to be showering it's like it's I didn't like just work out I didn't just wake <laughs> up I'm not going to bed it's like there's just no reason but like that's kind of the time of day that I like shower and like be you know that I don't know like put on my face if I feel like that like I literally middle of the day so you know whatever were there things that people need to do um and yeah supplements definitely definitely can make a big difference for sure Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I think that it's like a hundred little things you know kind yeah. of add up to a big thing you know and, and little things that become habits that we don't even really think about um but you know if you know popping a you know vitamin d supplement like you said in the morning like just a small little thing can make a ton of difference even just like drinking a full glass of water in the morning which a lot of people don't do but it's mm -hmm. like you're you're dehydrated essentially when you wake up in the morning because you just slept for hopefully eight hours. Um, Angelica, I know you're like, what's that? <laughs> um, People sleep for eight slept. whole hours yeah. a day? Hopefully <laughs> you slept a bit and like, you know, you're not having water obviously while you sleep. So you're, you wake up dehydrated and a bit baggy. So having a glass of water in the morning, rehydrating yourself, you're already going to feel so much better just from that, you know? So all those little things together definitely add up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's a lot of successful travel bloggers out there, um, and a lot of them are not really like transparent about how these things are working. Like, how are they affording to travel to these places? Like, are they working? What are they doing? Like, what's going on? It's so, like one of the reasons that I've been following you for quite some time 
and that I love your content is because you are really transparent. Like I remember watching the whole process of, you know, like for example, getting your partner's visa, like when you finally got it and you were like, yay. And I was like, yay, because it's, it's, you know, it's much more relatable your content because you're just honest about it. So I know you've already shared a lot of information on Instagram and on your blog, but what are, would you say the top five things, the top five tips for someone who wants to become a travel blogger? Well, it's weird because it's so different becoming a blogger now than like when I started first blogging, but I think it's easier to become a blogger now. So I'm all for people just like wanting to actually create a website and just like doing it. Um, But I think like the main thing is make a website. There's totally a difference between being an Instagram travel influencer and like actually being a blogger I realized actually I haven't even like written a blog post in a while just because I've been like so busy with like school stuff but um like you need a website and thankfully there's like so many different websites you can use to make a website um that just like looks nice but just like make a website um have a friend help you there's so many things that you can use canva now if you don't know how to use like photoshop or whatever just to make graphics it's like so easy now to make just something that's visually pleasing and like draws people in um so i think investing some time in teaching yourself how to do that if you don't know how to do it um and and yeah there's just so many free resources out there to actually be successful in that so i think um just like taking advantage of that and doing that is like the first step um i think some people think you have to travel big to be a travel blogger but um if you either can't afford to like go to a whole other country for a big vacation um you can definitely start locally um and you know exploring your local area um and in fact actually some people end up doing super well just kind of posting about like places around them because then local tours and boards or whatever are like oh wow someone's actually like writing about our small town and then they'll share it and it can help you actually build up a following because people are excited to see content about their um city or town um that doesn't often get reported on or have photos taken of or you can even leverage that into like freelancing with the tourism board potentially mm-hmm. um, make some money for the stuff you're putting out there um so I would say start local if you can't afford a bigger trip and then I say if you are going to do a bigger trip um I think it's important to not view a trip as just being there as a content mill like travel because you want to travel not just because you're like I want a picture in this dress somewhere like obviously it's like get that photo girl like go for it um but I think traveling for traveling sake is still so important and not just going somewhere to um feel like you're gonna get a great picture there that'll you can put on your blog or instagram um because like it's still so important to travel because you feel like you're wanting to experience another culture and the food and the sites and stuff like that it's i think blog content should be secondary to whatever you're trying to do um experience or also it's going to ruin your trip and make you like think you have to just be on all the time in terms of capturing things but it's like just live in the moment and whatever you capture while you're there or experience will eventually come out um in your writing or when you're editing photos um 
And I would also say, like, maybe back in the day it was a little easier um, to kind of... I I think there's a little bit too much... um, A lot of people are like, oh, I want to go viral. Oh, I want to be popular. I want to have a lot of views or whatever. Um, Well, that can potentially lead to you making more money if you have a certain amount of views to your website. I think it's good to focus not on that, just, like, on making stuff because you want to make it. Like, my blog doesn't actually get a lot of traffic, and it's only because I actually don't – I don't put in all the work that some hustlers do – like make a part of their life like some people are like all about seo and everything to like make sure they're getting like so many views to their website but for me i'm like i put stuff up on my website just because i want to have a place to like put my photos or like a story about my travels like if you're if you want to make money then i'm like yeah go for it make it happen but i think like also just having a blog for the purpose of having like an online diary is just like nice to have and it, people shouldn't feel so pressured to start a blog purely for the fact that they get people um, viewing it. But that being said, like there are little things people can do to like help get traffic to their site um, in like simpler ways without making like themselves stressed out. But like Pinterest is like a good place to put your blog content because you can like get thousands of views randomly um, just from that. And that's just like a simple thing to kind of get the word out there. But I think um, stressing out too much about um, getting people to come view your site will just make it not fun anymore. Um, Unless it is your business. If it is your business, then like, yeah, I guess go worry about it. (laughs) But but, uh, if it's just like, because you're like, I just want to share my travels, just let it be about that. Um, And yeah, I think those are kind of like my main um thoughts on like starting the travel blogging journey because it's just um nowadays like travel influencing is kind of like what what it's um morphed into rather than about blogging and um I think there's a big difference so if people want to blog they should blog um and have a site and also have like an Instagram to supplement it but if you just want to like have an Instagram where you post beautiful photos of your travels too. That's like awesome as well. Um, but I think there is kind of like a difference between um, blogging and, and um, being an Instagram blogger, which is, I, it's still a form of blogging. It's micro blogging because usually you're still posting captions and stuff. But um, I think having a website and making it look awesome is the best thing someone can do at this point. Yeah, it's yeah, so. I, feel like I completely agree, and I'm also a terrible blogger because, like, you talking about like when you travel, like, make sure you actual like you actually like enjoy it. And I'm like, I definitely do like too much to the point where like there'll be like no photos of me. <laughs> but I'm a photographer, but you know, by trade and and by nature, and so I love to be behind the camera, and that's kind of how like I experience a place as well is like getting out my like actual camera and just oh, snapping away and I love it but it's like I'll finish a trip that's like a big important to me trip and I'm like oh nobody knows that I was there so like I don't have those traditional like throw up on the gram photos always of like me in front of things but I'm like I have the photo of the thing and I normally just keep it for myself but I like I love the idea of travel vlogging I don't think people realize like how much goes into it I've like traveled with actual travel bloggers um, not just like, you know, ones that kind of do it like for fun, like I do. 
and man, it's a lot of work. (laughs) It's a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. Like that would be my, my tip. Like as someone who doesn't really like, doesn't do it for a living, but it's just like, man, be prepared to work if you really like want to do it and how to be your main bread and butter. Cause that's a lot. Yeah. Cause then it, it is, it is like a job if you're traveling somewhere just to like capture content um which i think you can do both you can like have a lot of fun while traveling and also know you're there to like capture content too but like then you kind of have to um yeah i mean i don't know i wouldn't invite people if i knew i was going on a trip like that i wouldn't like invite friends to go with me because like i know that it would probably annoy them that (laughs) i'm like in this mode of trying to like have this content yeah yeah you can invite me i'll like help and take notes because i i love that like content in the sense of like a it's not my job but when i was traveling and then blogging about it i very much enjoy the tiny details of like writing these notes and uh, but i also like spending time by myself and so i'm like if i'm by myself and i can write like this coffee shop in this area and what i liked about it and like documenting and making sure that it's accurate so when i go back to blog about it it's very detailed and thorough and from my point of view those are things that i enjoy so i would absolutely go on a trip with you to just watch you do that <laughs> and like be in the corner and watch you that's why i like traveling with travel bloggers because like i don't necessarily want like shots of myself but i love to get like i like you know when a blogger's like okay i need to set up the shot and it's gonna take me like 20 minutes to get the shot of like this coffee and I'm like no problem because I want to walk around this place and take 500 photos because that's just how I do everything like that back in like you know 2000 and whatever like six when I probably like took my first like trip ever like that was not in the area like out of out of a country like I that was what I did I was like I took photos of everything like I'm like looking at the roof. I'm like, that's a cool roof. Time to look <laughs> like anything that I could like. And I was one of those like back in the MySpace days. I'd be like, look, a flower on the ground. Oh my word! Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like all those little details. I'm very into it. Yeah, me too. Like, I would rather go around like shooting just photos because, like, I feel like I see the world through a camera lens, even when yes. I don't have a camera. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's more that like lately, I guess it's been more of a bonus that I'm I feel more comfortable in the camera than in front of the camera than I used to. So I'm like, oh, occasionally I'll be like, yeah, I'll make my boyfriend into my Instagram husband and be like, okay, take photos of me. But I that still even in your photos. Okay. Um, yeah, I'd say about like ninety percent of the time, or if he's traveling with me, he's definitely taking the photos. Um, Did he do the one that's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven? Like it's eight photos into your grid, and it's like the sultry one where you know the girls are out and you have the lipstick on and the whole <laughs> situation. Yeah, we. I was like making him do quarantine photo shoots. Oh, he's, he's doing. He's a pretty good Instagram husband. I'm. I'm impressed. Yeah, I've, I've taught him well over the years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like, um, snap for yeah, the husband. I love the photos of you. Like, the photos of you are, you know, that's that's what makes, I think, your account so great. Like, all your photos are wonderful, but the ones that have you in them, it's like, I mean, like what we talked about earlier, like, representation is so important, you know? Um, so it's amazing to see a black woman at all of these different spots. Um, and, yeah, I, I didn't know. I was like, I don't know if she has a tripod or, like, what's going on here. But, yeah, he's doing good. Talking <laughs> Yeah, um, when I mean when I travel by myself, I I get creative with how I take photos um, of myself. But yeah, it's nicer to have um, him there because I 
<laughs> I would feel bad like making a friend take like a million photos of yeah. me, but I guess with him, I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> like, if you want to create an Instagram husband e-course, I will send my husband to it because I've tried to teach him time and time again, and it's very stressful for me. So believe <laughs> <laughs> me, it's stressful for me too. There's so like so many times where I've like gotten upset really for no reason at him and then he's just like okay like I, I'm like trying to help you and I'm like I know but like I need this specific photo and you're like like why aren't you framing it right right it's, like, it's so frustrating um, and it's funny because I'll take a photo of John and like he has these amazing photos of himself from all over the world like the, my screensaver is like a photo of him in Edinburgh because it's just like an amazing shot and I'm just like why can't it be me in that shot though? <laughs> it's so frustrating. And then I'll frame it and everything for him and then I step away and I do not know what happens. I'm just like, boy, what did you do in like the five seconds like that I, I stepped away? Like I don't yep, understand. Definitely. So the other, the other thing is you have to like well there's like that rule of like for every hundred photos there's one good one. So usually I'm like, you're gonna shoot a million photos of me. Yeah. Um, so, and then um, hopefully there's at least one I like. Yeah. Yeah, he's just now getting to the point where, like, I think I have maybe three photos on my Instagram grid that he's taken. It's taken years for us to get to this point now. Oh, my so, goodness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we've been married for 10 years. I've been trying to teach him how to take photos of me, like, since day one. So, and my goal has always been, like, before we have kids, I want you to be able to take photos of me because I want my kids to, like, know that I existed and, like, was there with them. Because they're just going to see photos of, like, you and them. I mean, we have, like three godchildren and it's just all photos like amazing like especially like disney like all these cute little moments of just him with the kids and i'm like these kids are gonna think i hate them oh my goodness so we have all had to switch <laughs> gears because we're all inside we, we are quarantined um so how have your goals changed personally due to the happenings of 2020 and what are you looking forward to currently Ooh, this has, like, been my whole existential crisis for the past, like, month. Um, for the first time in my life, I actually am, like, not even sure what's happening. Because um, I was I was in school in London. Technically, school is still going, but because um, everything got shut down um, and you can't really do theater online, unfortunately, um, things are very uh, weird right now. It's a weird time because I was actually supposed to stay a second year and do my MFA um, and that's when I was going to do my musical I, that was the project I was going to work on um, all of so next what year. So did you get back? Um, the 10th I think. So yeah, yeah you've definitely not been back long at all. Nope um, so it's kind of yeah it's a very weird moment right now because um, we're my school's trying to figure out how to get us still to be able to graduate because we had a performance project we were supposed to do in june and it's a very weird time because i'm like okay well technically i'm still a student and i still want to do my performance project and i can hopefully go back to london and perform it um but i don't know when that will be and it's just a very like kind of transient weird moment for me because i had like a plan for at least the next year and a half of my life that I'm not doing now because I'm not going to do the MFA year now because I don't want to, I don't know how long things are going to take to return to normal. I don't want to um, take out more loans if I'm not going to be able to actually get to 
do school in the way I had intended. So yeah, it's weird. It's weird. Like right now we're maybe considering staying in Seattle for a year. Um, we originally were going to move to New York after my schooling was over anyway, but now New York's like the epicenter of all this. So yeah. I don't think we can move there for a while either. So it's a very, it's a very weird time. Like I'm, I'm like, normally I know exactly what I want to do with my life, but right now, since everything's uh, kind of up in the air, I'm like very confused about what um, the future will look like for me. Um, so yeah, it's a weird time. I'm like, I'm, I, I don't want to like make any set choices because I don't want to be like, okay, this is it. This is what's happening. I'm trying to stay open about it. But me and my partner have been discussing like a lot, like different options. And um, so I guess we'll just have to see what happens. But the goal would be to um, obviously still finish my program um, in whatever way that needs to be um, and get my master's. Cause like, I yeah. don't want to just like have wasted all the loan money and not actually have anything to show for it. Um, so hopefully they'll, if they, I, I think they're trying to figure out maybe having um, the final performances be in the fall instead. And if in that case, I would go back to London and do that. Um, or um, if we have to film it and send it in, I can try to figure out a way to do that as well. But um, all of this, I don't think people in London will be hiring um, anyone maybe not from their country for a while just to like leave yeah. jobs open for the people who are actually from there um so i don't think that's an option for a while unfortunately either so i think right now i'm just i've, I've been applying to jobs since i got back just to um hopefully have some because i i was um full-time freelancing until october then i um decided to like pull back so i could do work on school full time. Um, and then I was actually just about to start the job search in London for like something at least part time. And then all this happened. So I was like, Oh, okay. Um, so now I'm trying to find an American job to at least like, hopefully push me through um, till um, things can kind of reveal themselves over time. But yeah, it's a very weird time. I'm like, so um, uh, like, just unsure of like, what the future holds so I think that that's normal honestly like I feel like that's that's a very again that's why I love your like all of your content because you're just very transparent and I mean that's I feel like the collective feeling like it is kind of hard to say like what's next and where do we go from here and anybody that's like a freelancer or owns a small business like especially the type that like you can't really work in this climate it's just kind of like we're all kind of like, I don't want to say like twiddling our thumbs and waiting because people are also like freaking out and like trying to figure out what to do next. But it's just kind of like, in a sense, we just can't. We just kind of have to wait and be patient, which is absolutely terrible. <laughs> so it's it's uh, odd to feel as if like, you know, there's like definitely like a little bit of like loss of control there. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. But I do know like in Seattle area, at least, um, you guys have already like peaked with your with the virus so far so that's good and you guys are lifting some restrictions i guess pretty soon i'm not sure um yeah i'll have to look into that i mean yeah it's still i'm i'm in downtown seattle right now and it's like very empty which is i've never seen it like this um so i think uh yeah i don't know what restrictions will be lifted but um even in that case i'm not going outside 
my when I go to my parents' house, I I'm from a like really small town on an island close to Seattle, so it's like it was already like quarantine there anyway because I never whenever I go home I don't leave my house really anyway because there's nothing to do um, yeah. <laughs> in my hometown. So um, it I yeah. So if even if things open up, it won't be like that different for me going home than when I would go home for like holidays anyway. But um, yeah, I, I'm, I don't know how Seattle will react to this, but it does seem like things are getting better here at least. Um, That's so good. Which would be nice. But yeah, even then it's like, I don't know how long it'll take things to like kind of be normal again. Yeah. And reshape yeah. And, stuff. and I don't know, part of me like doesn't want to just end up in Seattle because I like kind of grew up near here, but part of me is like, but it is so nice here and it's beautiful and it is um, beautiful girl. Yeah. I don't know. It's just a lot of the jobs or the things I want to do with my life. I don't know if Seattle's the best place to do yeah. it. It's, it's more of a techie city and um, I'm more of a creative and um, yeah. So I don't know if like, I think New York or London are kind of places that speak to my soul better. Um, but I do love, like when I am here, I love being here. It's like so peaceful and lovely and, and like, it does make me miss it a lot, but it's like weird. Cause I have these two sides pulling at me, like the side that does really like my like pastoral upbringing, but also I like my adult life where I'm actually like getting to like experience things, which other cities tend to have compared to like the Seattle area. So, yeah. Well, I have a friend who's a nurse who just went to Yonkers to volunteer to work there. And my only advice would just be don't go to New York anytime soon. So. Yeah. <laughs> my brothers are, they both live in Brooklyn, but neither of them are in the city right now. One's in Philly and one's in uh, the Cape so that they can just like ride it out away from there at the moment. But yeah, definitely. I don't know. I My heart hurts for New York. I don't know when the next time I'll be there is, but yeah, it's uh, it's definitely rough over there. So I'm glad that you're someplace a little safer and I'm glad that you were able to make it home in all of this craziness because I know it's definitely a crazy time to have to travel, especially internationally. Yeah, the, it was like so eerie to travel. Like there was like no one in Heathrow Airport and like there were like 10 people on our flight. It, it was crazy, but we all got bumped up to Economy Plus, so that was nice. Oh. Um, okay, okay. <laughs> I like it, yeah. All right, well, let our listeners know where they can find you on the internet um, all over the place, and um, yeah, let them know. Um, well, you can follow me on Instagram at, at callmeadventurous. Um, that's where I post most of my stuff. Um, my blog is somecallmeadventurous.com, um, and if you want to like look at my digital media portfolio and theater stuff, that's samanthaobrockta.com. Yes, hire her, please, and thank you. Give her all the jobs. Well, thank you so much for speaking with us today, Sam. We really appreciate it. I feel like I learned so much. I can't wait to, like, listen to this back and take notes. Yes. (laughs) Thank you for having me. It was fun.